Good evening, everyone. It's that eight o'clock hour. And once again, we're back here with the Sounds Welcome podcast. And I have a very, very awesome guest in here tonight. One of the coolest dudes and uh, Norman that I know. And I say that because his, first of all, his talent, sorry, sorry, sorry to gas you up, Reese, <laughs> but his talent is just impeccable. He's a drummer uh, for the, is it Norman North? Or? Uh, Norman High. Nor- Nor- Norman High. Um, a marching band and as well as that you're performing in a couple of uh, groups what are they called uh i play in a band called diva and i as well as having my own jazz combo um and then i play in like school jazz band awesome I and played y- in a few other bands here and there as well but diva is the one right now that uh, is most of my time and creative energy and i've been neglecting his uh full name but yeah without further ado reese carmen yeah well i'm, I'm glad to be here man yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Um, Reese, uh, you're 16 and you're in what grade right now? I'm a junior in high school right now. Junior. Okay, cool. And uh, one, of the, one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to bring Reese on this show is that um, just his involvement in the music scene in Oklahoma, not only uh, his involvement here in the state, but just his overall, as my professor, Dr. Gade, says, Weltschung. Uh, or worldview of music is just very, very, um, I would say, like, agreeable. That was that was my first word that came to my mind whenever I saw his top 100 list of the decade, um, which is what we've been talking about in this podcast for this whole season. And uh, I finally have my first guest on here with um, a little bit of a mock-up of their top 100 albums of the decade. So we'll get into that later on in the show. But I wanted to uh, kind of talk to you all today about some of the releases that happened back on October 25th, which was last Friday, last Friday. and uh, one of those being uh, the long-awaited album Jesus is King, which we've also referenced um, in passing on some of the previous episodes of this season. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of music stuff today and getting into our first roundup of what is potentially um, our list for the top 100 albums of the decade. Remember, this is a collaborative list. Uh, because everyone's, every, everyone has a good take, but I'm being honest with you all tonight, folks. Reese has a really good list, and I can't wait to share it with you all. So we're going to go back to some music, and then after the break, we're going to get into some talk about the new Tame Impala single, talking about Jesus is King, and then followed up with uh, Reese's top 100 list. So I hope you all stay tuned here on Sounds Welcome tonight. And uh, next we have some Cocktail Twins heaven or las vegas so stay tuned you're listening to studio U. all right and that was some solid i'm gonna say solid gliz from uh <laughs> what does that even mean <laughs> from cocktail twins and we're back here in studio U. you're listening to sounds welcome and once again i have the great reese carmen <laughs> in the studio with me tonight and uh we're talking about some uh some pretty fun things to start off with what are we what are we, what are we talking about again Oh, we're talking about, well, A, top 100 list of the decade, and then uh, as well as the albums that came out on the 25th, because there's a whole lot of music that came out on that day, so. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, let's just let's just get through this part of it, because I know that uh, that Tame Impala single came out um, for their new album. Uh, what's, what's the name of the album again, do you remember? Um, the, the, it's called, we got it, we got it right here. Well, I know that the song is called... It's about time. Or, pff, man, I'm so stupid. <laughs> it, it might, might be time. time yeah. yeah. It's about Slow time rush. would be. 
Yeah, the yeah. slow rush. It's about time would be such a cheesy song name. <laughs> yeah. I I would not be surprised if there's some synth song in the eighties that's like about going to prom and you know, it's about time. It's like just sounds very that like sort of music, you know. Right, yeah. It could be like some kind of like cheesy like I don't know, it probably has like the same super tramp keys <laughs> yeah. that this new Tim and Paula song features. But yeah, I I know that you said that you haven't really gotten a chance to listen to it like past like one listen or something. Yeah. I uh I I, I had it on, on repeat today because it just kinda like clicked with me. Uh, it clicked with me within the drum beats that Kevin manifested on this they're just so heavy hitting and then like you kind of have like a kill bill sort of like yeah kind of going around like the whole like um main like chorus of this of this track or it's actually like in, in between choruses um but yeah like i think that all together like it's like a it sounds like if like if you were to write this track out on paper before you recorded it, it seems like it could be like a hot mess yeah no kidding I, th- I just think it's really interesting. You know, he's always sort of had a knack for a lot of studio wizardry, for lack of a better word, you know, a lot of layering, uh, where it becomes more about the textures of noise that he's making instead of, like, an individual guitar part. And uh, I think it's interesting seeing how his sound is progressing because, you know, on those first two albums on uh, Lonerism and... Uh, I'm blanking on the name right now, but... Oh, uh, Inner Speaker? Inner Speaker, yeah. Yeah. So on those first two albums, it's uh, not, like, dirtier, but it's it's a little bit scrappier, a little bit less pristine than uh, than Currents. And then you came out with Currents, and it's just this really clean, you know... Uh, all of his albums are extremely well-produced, but it, especially in the case of Currents, I think extremely well-produced album. And uh, just seeing how, kind of how his sound is progressing where it's it's all sort of staying with that Kevin Parker, you know, utter dedication to his artistic vision being executed to the best of his ability uh, while still being able to mix up the sounds and sort of do different stuff because, you know, he started out more psychedelic and then went to, you know, sort of the more indie pop uh, thing that he did on Currents. And I just think it's really cool seeing him progress as an artist like that. Oh, yeah, totally. And, like, if I could, like describe inner speaker as like a jam band album like it sounded like there was like a lot of just freeform stuff that he was doing on there especially with like songs like jeremy storm yeah um lonerism was a bit more of like a polished version of that the song times were a bit shorter and they had a bit more of like a theme to each one especially on songs like feels like we're always going backwards um and um what was the other one um like elephant you know yeah elephant elephant was really big like i heard that in like the bjs by my house you know like yeah you know like it was <laughs> he, he started getting played in like coffee shops and stuff like that you know it's yeah and i was i was like still um gosh i was like still like a sophomore or something in high school so you must yeah. have, you must have like been in middle school yeah i man i remember hearing him i think for the first time in like seventh grade or something like seventh or eighth grade mm-hmm. and uh just being utterly you know blown away by the density sort of of, of his songs but it's not, it doesn't feel, they don't feel, like, heavy, you know, mm-hmm. in the sense that something like maybe My Bloody Valentine, yeah. where they've got very dense arrangements and they feel a little bit, like, heavier. Uh, Kevin Parker manages to have very dense arrangements and, and very uh, 
instrumental heavy songs while still I think keeping them very uh, poppy and and uh, quite a bit more palatable than than a lot of you know say my bloody valentine stuff right so i mean like i guess like in conclusion this new track um you know along with like we have borderline is a uh, preliminary track to this upcoming album or forthcoming album um to me it seems like it's a really solid uh lineup i kind of would hope that maybe we only get one more single from this because i think it's only 12 tracks long so i'm kind of i'm kind of more of like I'm, I'm the kind of person I can't contain it whenever there's a new single out. I just have to listen to it. Yeah. I kind of want the rest of the album to remain a secret until it's released that's, on, on Valentine's Day. That's one thing I definitely, like, try not to overly listen to singles because I feel like that kind of gives you a little bit... I don't know. I, I like, like a, to be like able a, to fully like a, experience... Like a pre-burnout? Yeah. yeah. I like to fully experience an album, you know, and in the way that it was intended like i've got a friend who uh when death grips was releasing year of the snitch and just put out like all of the songs his singles he listened to every single one of them and by the time the album came out he's just super angry because he's like well you know i've heard all of this before yeah sometimes so, it's better to wait yeah but yeah uh actually we were talking about a second ago about um like just age differences and uh i, w- I was telling you before we went on live that a lot of my music cultivation, like what I listen to, my <clears throat> my family is very much into like a lot of like very basic tier music, um, basically like classic rock and like some of the '80s greats like um, Phil Collins and stuff like that. Yeah. But you were telling me, so I kind of got like an intro to my music through like music boards like 4chan and like um, Reddit, you know, boards and stuff like that. It was it, it was mainly Mew on 4chan actually, yeah. but. For you, it was through Instagram, kind of, right? Well, yeah. So I'd started to kind of, um, excuse me, listen to more uh, kind of uh, not weirder, but like more out there, you know, less from the norm music. Uh, and I found there's this page on Instagram that's called Musical Charts, and he mostly reposted a bunch of stuff from like me or wherever. But uh, that was kind of a catalyst for me to. Uh, really getting more and more out there and then you know joining patrician music chart posting on facebook was another big one have been like big gateway places for me to find a lot of new music and get into a lot of stuff that i probably wouldn't have listened to otherwise yeah i i kind of in a similar uh upbringing as far as like family you know my dad played a whole lot of van halen (laughs) motley Crue, you know all the 80s stuff that he grew up on and then some blues but uh yeah, man. As I've as I've grown older, he is, you know, my stuff has gone further and further and further from that to, you know, shoegaze, my bloody Valentine, you know, whatever it is. So yeah, like we definitely had um, a bit of a more more of like a Gen Xer influence, just because I mean I feel like um, like there's like a there's like a Zach Fox. Um, stand-up joke where he's just kind of like talking about how like dad dads are obsolete because of the internet (laughs) which not no no like actual like seriousness like i love my dad um yeah yeah he's a great guy but i mean it was kind of like it was kind of funny because it's like he he had a point like he was he he was just talking about you know like shave videos and stuff like that and like it kind of goes like the same for like music um i feel like there's a lot of different avenues and even going back to patrician music chart posting I feel like uh, a lot of those groups on Facebook now are better in 
something I would prefer to be on more than even like Mew and 4chan just because of like the connotation associated with 4chan at this point yeah and how Mew has changed like a great deal I feel like the the, the skeletal remains of Mew are there but it's almost like a lost society that's kind of gone on to do different it's things. It's kind of like an underground cult at this point. Yeah, know? it's like every, everyone every, everyone since like the dawn of Mew was like, I miss the old Mew, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, I mean, I've gone on to Mew like a few times and uh, I don't know, It Mew feel, to me feels a lot more discouraging than something like Patricia Music Chart Posting or, uh, you know, a lot of the Facebook groups that are out there or Facebook pages because I feel like Mew is a lot more judgmental and it's it's kind of, for lack of a better word, kind of a hive mind, you know, like to the point where there's Mew core, yeah. where it's like, this is music that like, if you don't like it at Mew, you're just going to be ridiculed into, you know, never coming back pretty much. Yeah. And, and I feel like there's definitely a lot more variety on, uh, you know, Patricia Music Chart Posting or whatever Facebook group you might. Yeah. And by like, by like critical and like, kind of like more like, um, like less, less inviting. I also feel like it's like if you post anything Mucor, you're also ridiculed. So it's like yeah. <laughs> you're damned so if you do, you're damned if you don't. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you you can't not like this because if you don't like it, we're all going to hate you. But if you like it too much, then you're also a poser and we're going to hate you. Right. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. That's why I really I really like Facebook groups and I like, you know, like the Death Grips, like Snitch posting and yeah. like Animal Collective. Are um, you in um, Hundred decks booth posting. That no, is one of my I need favorite to ones. add me to that after uh, this. Yeah, I'll, I'll invite you to that. <laughs> That's great. Well, we're gonna go to another quick uh, song break, and then after that, we'll talk about a little bit more about the um, six really great releases that happened last Friday. And we're gonna talk mostly about Jesus is King, since that's kind of the most um, divisive of those. Yeah, absolutely. So stay tuned. You're listening to Sounds Welcome here on Studio U, and we'll see you in a minute. All right, and we're back here after that quick break with David Bowie, Young Americans. I think that's what we are. Yeah, <laughs> I, I suppose so. If if you uh, if you if you dig this country, yeah, I I, I dig it. I, I dig what it stands for. I dig what it stands for. I think I think a lot of the times that that's uh, not necessarily what we uh, what we actually have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we're hopefully on a on a on a, on a better track. Uh, hopefully, remember to, to register to vote. Um, Reese, yeah. do that in two years. I, or something. I'm <laughs> planning on it very much. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we're talking about. Um, I was going to say not to get political, but we're about to talk about Kanye West. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like this, this might actually get political. With arguably his <laughs> most political album yet. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, do we want to go down uh, the rest of the albums real quick that we enjoyed from that day? Yeah, here, let me pull out my list really quick. I think I've got a list of these. Yeah. Um, Thank you for being prepared with the list, because I actually don't have the list. But uh, Let me see. Hang on. I do know that uh, one of those albums being uh, Rex Orange County, uh, his album Pony, Rex, he had sort of a um, big introduction on Tyler the Creator's Flower Boy, also with his hit song was it was it something is easy is, oh, yeah. is is his big is his big one and then also best friend i think are the or his kind of two big hits right yeah i'm trying to find where i think i've got the list somewhere yeah and then on top of that we have a a sun a new sun album uh, or is it an yes. ep uh i mean it's with, it's, with it's long enough it's to a be an four album. song <laughs> and it's 40 minutes so it's it's an album <laughs> what defines an album the track 
the the track um the amount of the length of the whole thing um i mean because you could have well yeah be, well long season by fishman's let's talk about that real quick is that okay. an album is that an ep or is it a song or is it because it's a song clearly but is it a song and an album or is it just like a single because it's one song but it's 40 minutes long yeah and it's classified on spotify as an album yeah, because if you own that album on vinyl, then it's basically just, like, like one continuous long song, which yeah. is, like, the best way to listen to it, especially that second track, like, listening to Fishman's uh, long season um, on, a, on a separate track basis, your friends in the car might be like, what what the heck is this? Yeah. Like, like at, at one point, it sounds like in that piece, there's, like, a dripping, like, like, what what is that? instrument that they're using i think i'm not even sure what that is but it sounds like something is like dropping from like a high point and then like making like a large like a splash mm -hmm. yeah and it, and it repeats that for like a long time anyways it's, a, it's gorgeous it's long season love yeah. long season yeah unbelievable but uh did you did you find that that, that list that i had? couldn't find my list but uh, i should be able we all, to remember we, all, we also had ariel pink uh oddities and sodomies which was phenomenal yeah, yeah if, if I had to rank them, I'd probably go with my favorite being Sun and then the Ariel Pink album, which I thought was, like, really, I didn't have much expectations going in because I'd heard of Ariel Pink but never been, like, an active listener but was really impressed by uh, Oddities and Simonides, so it was great. Did you uh, did you happen to uh, catch um, his 20, is it 2013 or 2014 release, Pom Pom? I have not. I'll have to check that out. That was my intro uh, yeah. to Ariel Pink, and... It has some of the funniest, like I mean, like since since you love uh, 100 Gex so much, yeah, like that album is riddled with like Gex tropes, where it's just like this like minute long song of just like I could I I can't even describe, but I want to say it's just like fart posting, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> y'all have to check that out. Um, but yeah, Ariel Pink, I was very impressed by. I I thought a little bit it dragged on in the second and. You know, the second half of that album. I thought the first half, though, was really entertaining. I thought the album overall was pretty good. Jesus is King, third. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I still enjoy it. A lot of people have kind of soured on it after more than one listen. I still think it's solid. I think someone needed to get Kanye a glass of water on God Is. <laughs> but uh, Definitely. I, I mean... You know, it's not really what I'd want from a Kanye album, but Kanye is, he's a different man now, you know, mm -hmm. even, even if it is like a marketing tactic, like a lot of people think, mm -hmm. I found it, I found it to be a, a pretty entertaining album. Uh, and then I'd say after that, uh, the new Sun album, uh, which I thought was really great. Uh, I mean, it's not my favorite Sun release, but. Oh, did, oh, so the, the first of your list is Swans, right? First is Swan. So okay, cool. Yeah. I thought I thought you said Son for that, but no, no, no. Okay, cool. And then yeah, then Son, and then um, Cigarettes After Sex, which I thought was a good album. Uh, I mean, not my not my favorite in the world, but also like it wasn't bad. Just kind of uh, not something that I could see myself revisiting often. Yeah. Um, and then after that, Rex Orange County, which I found to be kind of a letdown after his. Uh, after his singles and even his debut album, I enjoyed a little bit more than that. I thought that album was a little bit of an underwhelming effort, but I've, I know a lot of people who very much disagree with that uh, take. So yeah, and I feel like um, 
You know, whenever I first heard Rex, immediately I thought of like Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Like the American Ed Sheeran, perhaps. I kind of I kind of feel that on the on the new record. I don't know. I think I think his singles like you know Best Friend and uh, Loving Is Easy and Sunflower is that a single or is that on? I think that's a single. I think Sunflower is a um, single. Yeah. It, you know his singles I think are really strong, uh, but I I think I don't know. I think his creative his his broader creative vision is maybe not the greatest, uh, but I think that definitely his singles are are really strong. They're really catchy songs. Uh, they're well written, well produced, and I like the horn arrangements and pianos and strings and everything. Mm-hmm. They're they're just fun songs. Um, but yeah, I I think that whenever you try and stretch that out across an entire album, to me at least, it becomes a lot less entertaining. Uh, yeah, for sure, it becomes kind of just like almost like a even more watered down Mac DeMarco. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I also like I I I've compared. Rex to like a peppier cousin of like Mac DeMarco. Yeah, he's, so Mac DeMarco is like Rex Orange County is the cousin that has like a lake house and his parents have like a vacation home and they go skiing uh, like every winter. And then like Mac DeMarco is his weird cousin who like smokes weed like behind a dumpster in high school. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it would be a fair comparison for those two. I mean, I love both of them though. Yeah. At least Rex is single stuff, but I I think Mac is is probably a lot better as a as like a album artist. Yeah, if that if that makes sense. I think I think Rex could be you could make the argument that he's a better musician. Absolutely. And like I, and a, and even like a better like stage singer. Mm-hmm. Mac just might have a bit more appreciation for music as music is art a, a yeah a a much more um like an art an art that has a much more depth it's like it's like rex is like very much that kind of guy that you would like see like on the voice you know or yeah i think i think rex is kind of uh but he's still indie you know he's yeah still, you know? i i don't know to he's kind of like jacob collier to me but on a much lesser scale uh where like jacob Collier is good a good example I've okay. I've got I've got a little bit of a hot take when it comes to Jacob Collier, but um, <laughs> we can so, talk about it in, in, in a bit. Yeah, I think I think Rex and Jacob Collier, kind of both. Uh, even, though I think Rex does this in a lot more fun way. Have a deal where it's kind of like, okay, what are all these cool things I can do in this song, instead of you know Mac or other artists, where whether through you know, artistic decision or maybe just lack of vision for something like that, a lack of skill to pull it off, kind of keep it more simple. And I think that sometimes the, hey, what is all the cool stuff I can do kind of uh, pulls away from the artistic focus of something, you know, and it becomes more about, you know, fitting a million cool jazzy chords into a song instead of, you know, like what is the, for me at least, a lot of the music I enjoy, I enjoy because of its aesthetics. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it, it, like I like albums to be focused and have like a clear sort of aesthetic or decision, like aesthetic in in the sense not necessarily of how they look, but it's like it's like that guy that um, you know, like like any kind of like open mic who's like clearly very talented, good, talented yeah. guitarist or like really good voice, but it's like your your aesthetic and like method of just making this seem like too easy is just somehow like really boring to watch like you know like yeah well and that's my thing with Jacob Collier is uh 
I think a lot of his stuff is really dense, but not, like, sonically dense. I think it's, like, theoretically dense, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, in that he's he does a lot of stuff. And it's, I mean, it's cool, but I've never heard a Jacob Collier song and thought much more than, huh, that's cool. You yeah. Know? Same, same, same here with that. Yeah. Well, um... After this break, we're going to get into the meat of what we thought about Jesus is King and try our best not to (laughs) do the same thing that Anthony Fantano did in his interview of Jesus is King and put Ye in such a tight little box. Like, I'm sorry. I've met Anthony. We, you know, I would... I, I, I just want to point, point out there, he's a good guy, but he did such a bad job reviewing this. I mean, Sean C., at least, you know, was able to lower his his own perspective lens for just a, a bit and not put him in such a tight box. Yeah. I don't know if you saw both of their interviews. I've, I've actually their, not, their reviews. I've not gotten the chance to watch, uh, to watch Anthony's review yet. I did see he gave it a four, which I, I did have to disagree with. I don't know. I think, I think the problem with a lot of people with Jesus King is they were expecting a Kanye album in the likes of something like, uh, you know, Yeezus and, like I said, Kanye's a changed man now, or at least he, he appears to be a changed man. And uh, this album isn't really trying to continue or build upon anything that he's done previously. It's trying to kind of carve a new path, which I think ha- it's interesting to me. Exactly. Well, yeah. we'll see what all Ye has to bring and more. Uh, maybe your kids will even uh, be shipping off to Wyoming one day to become uh, the next students at the Yeezy Academy. So uh, <laughs> that, all of that and more here on Sounds Welcome here in Studio U. Stay tuned, my friends. Sorry, <laughs> I was a bit losing my breath there. Towards yeah. the end. All right, and that was Interpol, All the Rage Back Home. And it's time for the moment that you've all been waiting for here on Sounds Welcome. We're talking about the long-awaited review uh co-op review uh with yeah. me and reese carmen here in the studio talking about jesus is king and uh that's all i want to say for now i want reese you can kind of like take away this part talking about your first impressions and all right stuff so i mean first listen of jesus is king i was i was really entertained i'm still entertained you know uh i've listened to it now i think four times about uh and i i think it's a a good album i i mean a lot of people kind of hate on it because they say that you know it's not well produced or it's not this that the other but i think at at its heart and soul i think it uh it's a solid effort by yay and i think it's interesting seeing him go in a in a direction almost completely opposite to what he has done in the past um you know where you compare him and his attitude on something like Yeezus to now, and they're just complete opposite energies. And I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see what further progresses in in this new adventure for Kanye. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you. I mean, you've so so you kind of heard about some of like the re-recordings that they did with this. Um, obviously, it was kind of like all over Twitter. Um, but I feel like a lot of this album throughout all of the Sunday service tours, like this is like a culmination of, of all of the best maybe takes from this tour that the choir both rehearsed and yay sort of ad-libbed to their performance. Cause I feel like, I feel like um, if I, if I can say this with like, like 
all sincerity, I feel like, you know, maybe like when you're looking at the, at, at the talent, uh, not not including the features of like certain rappers like uh, Ty Dolla Sign and and um, and uh, push on on here. Yeah. If you're if you're just looking at Ye and the choir, like I feel like the talent ratio, like the choir is like sixty, Ye is like forty. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that. I I think uh, as far as like delivery, compared to to what he put out last year, you know, with mm-hmm. Ye and. Uh, Kid see ghosts, mm-hmm. and I definitely don't think. Uh, Ye tried a lot harder for Kid Cudi on the production and to put out a much more, like you can you can literally like if you listen to these back to back you can tell Ye was going like full force on 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 Cudi. That's what I'm saying. He was he was firing on all cylinders on on both of those releases. I think because like the production on Ye, a lot of people were were kind of dissing the production on Jesus is King, which I don't think it's necessarily bad, but I think it's bad for the for the sort of the, reputation the, the, the that Kanye has which I mean whenever it comes to stuff like that I think you kind of almost have to you know like people sep- talk about separating art from the artist I think you almost have to separate this and see this as something different from the rest of his discography because like I said he's he's not trying to emulate uh, or build upon anything that he's done before you know whether or not that's a good thing it's up to you to decide, but I think to say that that this album is intrinsically worse uh, because it has worse production uh, than like other Kanye albums. Other Kanye albums are just incredibly well produced. Like this is, mm-hmm. you compare this to like other albums, like it's it's still a pretty decently produced album. And and you know, yay, I think on this album feels he feels very sincere. I think his delivery on a lot of the songs is pretty solid. Uh, and you know, talk about the Sunday Service Choir. They were phenomenal. And hearing like, hearing Kanye in kind of a gospel setting, I think was very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this this album definitely has heavy, heavy allusions uh, to the life of Pablo. You could almost say that all of, like, this is like almost like the life of Pablo Part Two, but more uh, focused on what Kanye's new mission is, and that is like spreading, uh, I guess, the the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. I think that that is the main thing that a lot of people kind of like took a step back and kind of were either kind of like graded by that information or thought, you know, hey, Kanye, that's pretty cool. You know? <laughs> Making Kanye very cool. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely, you know, the message is polarizing. Uh, I think a lot of uh, a lot of religious people are seeing... You know, I I mean, I've definitely seen a lot of religious people taking this album and, you know, freaking out and saying it's the best album of the year just because, simply because of the message. Uh, and while I don't necessarily think that's true, I still think it's it's definitely a solid album. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even if it's not uh, a message that you necessarily agree with, I think it's a very sincerely stated message. And I think uh, it's really, it's, it's to me, it seems like it's coming from the heart and... Uh, Man, I think Kanye's doing a, a great job delivering it. Yeah, to me at least. Yeah, I think. Uh, see, uh, you're you're talking a bit like about the production being off, and I know that uh, part of Fantana's critique was like something very nitpicky about um, some of the like bass between the choir like uh, preaching. I think it was on. Oh, uh, I think it might have been on God is. I want to say. Yeah. Or, uh, actually, no, I think it was maybe Use This Gospel. Um, but re- regardless, it was, like, some, like, nit- nitpicky points. And I really think that 
because Kanye went on Twitter the night before this came out, and he said, essentially, we're putting some final, final touches on this. And going back to the lyrics again for one second, I really think that a lot of these lyrics on here were some of the best outtakes from his tours with this choir. Just random things that he probably said. Because if you saw the performance, I think it was uh, this past Sunday, where he did the whole album again live, um, a lot of some of his his ad libs were kind of were kind of whack. Yeah, you know, well, and, and and that's another thing I think is interesting about this album is some people are kind of uh, getting on about the corny lyrics, but it's like, I mean, Kanye's always kind of had to some extent. He's been a bit of a cornball, you know. Yeah, the same guy that said, uh, "Keep it three hundred like the Romans," you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and I think to to some extent that really the the sort of more off the wall lyricism that he has in wordplay, I think is is really endearing uh, about Kanye, and you know like people people give him crap for uh, closed on Sunday you might Chick Fil A but I don't know I think it's a fun track mm-hmm. uh, I think the album all around is pretty is a pretty fun album I think a lot of people are uh, let down because they were expecting uh, Yeezus too you know after the cancellation of Yandi. Uh, Which, by the way, did you... So you gave Yandi a listen, right? I actually have not listened to the... To oh, the okay. Um, yeah, I, I... Yeah, man, I've just been really busy, and I knew that they've been out there, but I don't know. Every time that, like, that I've thought about it, I've been busy, and then every time I've not been busy, it's just slipped my mind, but... Yeah, uh, it's got the first track on there. I don't, actually, I'm not going to spoil it for you but yeah you should you should definitely go out and listen to it because it was kind I'll, of I'll check it out yeah. it was kind of a cool like would-be sort of uh piece from this and it has like some features from Nicki minaj and uh xxx tentacion oh an x feature on a kanye song yeah yeah i you know i would say that's surprising but after like uh after he did the track with little pump i don't know it, it's almost to a point where it's like anything yay does just isn't gonna surprise me um, yeah, and that's that's exactly why he had to do this kind of Christian, like, you know, take on this. Because it's like, what is the one controversy that, well, I, I'm not going to say he's been out of because, you know, we have Jesus Walks and stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, you know, what what's more controversial than, like, one of, like, the most, like, you know, sinful lines, like, I think I fell in love with a porn star or whatever. Yeah. You know, now we're getting, like, his born again side and everyone's just like uh, people are either, either like oh give me a break or like you have christians like joel olstein be like oh my gosh come to my church but everyone's just kind of losing their crap because it's like it kind of goes back to what he was preaching the entire time about um about you know like maybe even like his like support of trump or it's just like i don't always agree with what the guy says but what i think that he's trying to say is that all of us are like fallible yeah um and like i'm taking i'm taking like because I like I I was born Christian, so I'm like really trying to like take like his message out of this yeah. part of it. But like I really think like if you want to like look at it on like a on a on a secular level, it's just like literally like we all make mistakes, and it's like we can't keep putting each other in these boxes. Like, oh, you did this thing once in the past, and so you're never gonna change. And, well, you know? and I think that's one of the most prevalent messages on uh, Jesus is King is sort of his message of, uh, you know, he's got lines about I served the devil for my whole life, which. You know, if you it, whether or not you're Christian, you know you can take that out, and it, I think at the core, it's an album about acceptance and and reconcil- reconciliation of past mistakes mm-hmm. uh, in a way. Uh, which I mean, I think it's 
it's interesting seeing uh, Kanye sort of uh, roll back sort of some of his behavior in the past because on previous albums, Kanye has always been very unapologetic for who he is. And, uh, you know, it's interesting seeing him more, you know, reserved in a way. And, uh, well, as, as reserved as you can be when you're Kanye West, but mm-hmm. uh, in and sort of admitting, you know, saying, well, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't great, but it's like everyone makes mistakes. And mm-hmm. like, like you were saying, you know, that's definitely a theme on this album. Yeah. Like I, I just, and I, I really like his, his attitude because it's like, you know, if he was, um, you know, I think there's like limitations, you know, it's like, I don't think, I don't think that, um, anyone should go out there and try to like profess, you know, like, like Ted Bundy was a good man, but you know, like, I think that that's like, I was having this conversation with uh, my friend the other night, and he was, like, kind of talking about, like, the difference between, like, uh, those that follow only, um, like, state and, like, government law versus those that also adhere to, like, a higher power law. And that's the ideal of, like, forgiveness and stuff like that, is that, like, like he, he, he was like, Kalen, like, you know, take 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 a person like, like Hitler, like, say if before he passed away, uh, before, you know, like the bunker was raided, he was to like confess his life, you know, and, and again, this is like looking under the religious lens. So any of you out there, I'm not trying to like project anything, but I'm trying to make a point from what the Christian view of is, of this is, is that if Hitler had like repented, then like he would, he would be, you know, waiting at the gates of heaven. Yeah. No matter how many people, you know, he like killed. It's like, that is like, that is kind of like a message about like the grace of God and like stuff like that. And it's just like, that's kind of what you're dealing with whenever you kind of have people that are um, maybe against this for like its message and stuff like that is that there's right now, especially like with like cancel culture and like stuff like that, there's like this great deal of like unforgiveness that's kind of in our culture. If you messed up at any point, you know, you're done, which yeah, I think that's definitely a message that, that needs to be out there. And and uh, speaking on this message, and you talked about, like, people have done horrific things like Hitler or Ted Bundy. You know, there's actually a very, very interesting documentary out there uh, that Vice did about uh, warlords in Liberia. And there's a dude who was, like, one of the worst warlords in Liberia and had child soldiers and, like, committed cannibalism, all this horrific stuff. And he actually can uh, is a born-again Christian and is, like, a priest now. And, uh, and That's crazy. In Liberia... And uh, has, like, a foundation he runs to rehabilitate former child soldiers. And it's it's a it's a really interesting documentary. I believe it's called uh, The Cannibal Warlords of Liberia. Now, I don't... By Vice. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know much about, like, the laws in Liberia, but, like, has he, like, ever served time for, like, what he's done? Or is he, did he just, like, um, kind of get away and, like, realize that he, like, messed up really bad? I mean, like, he, he went before, a Liber- for, before Liberian courts and uh, was tried for his crimes... And I think he got off uh, he, for being, you know, born again, and which I think is crazy. But, uh, you know, I yeah. mean, it's, he, it, if you watch it, he does seem very genuine. And a lot of, like, the people who were warlords in Liberia, which the Liberian civil wars were awful. This is a really weird tangent I'm going on. I'm well, sorry. no, I, I actually think that this really does kind of, like, kind of coincide with <laughs> this yeah, point but, that I was making. But so a, a lot of the... A lot of the people who committed like terrible, terrible acts uh, during these Liberian civil wars are now the people who are trying to make the community better when the Liberian government isn't doing much about it. 
So, like, does it, like, I want to ask, does it get into, like, sort of, like, how maybe even, like, the warlords were kind of, like, brainwashed, like, in and of themselves, like, within... Yeah, it actually is... Sort of, like, their their own sort of, like, dilemma that they were, like, dealt with, and then they're like, okay, like, I'm going to become this warlord and, like, do this stuff because I think it's essential, and then it's like, oh, God, I did, I did these atrocities. Well, and, and a lot of it was just the... I don't want to say, like, that their circumstances 100%, like like ended up with them being the way they were because you know they did some th- some things that you know would be considered unforgivable but uh you know i think a lot of a lot of that is sort of they were in a country that was already not very stable and uh there was also some involvement from outside powers trying to overthrow the government at the time and it's just it's a really interesting documentary <laughs> so what, but yeah you definitely check it out it's it it definitely deals with similar themes of uh excuse uh excuse me of uh forgiveness and and you know yeah that nature and i i made a statement a minute ago when i was like talking about like the difference between like those who have secular views versus religious i i didn't mention those who are secular adhere to like a law that is like probably what like they would describe as like their own like ethical compass i i feel like i should have included that because I do have a lot of, like, um, agnostic or atheist friends that are some of the best people that I know, and I wasn't, like, in any way trying to, like, say that they didn't have, like, any sort of, like, guidelines. But I was mainly kind of, like, making a comparison of, like, if if all we have is this, like, government law, then some people who are religious, like, whether they're Christian or Muslim or Jewish or whatever, have, like, a spiritual law above that. But I guess I feel like the equivalent to that would be, like, an agnostic's ethics or something, you know? like Yeah, well... And I think almost, uh, I don't know, I think, I think you'll see some, some uh, agnostics or atheists with almost more conviction than some religious people. Because I think there's some religious people that treat it kind of instead of as, I need to strive to be the best version of me I can be. They, they sort of see it as, well, you know, I can kind of fudge the rules a little bit. Oh, and, yeah. And totally. I'll be fine. But then there there's people who will be agnostic or atheists who have, strong moral convictions based not on a higher power but based on their own you know moral compass and their own uh their own ideas of what's right and wrong because i think i think uh you know independent of religion you can't have there there is a definite idea of you know what is right and wrong and what yes yeah what is fair and just to others and if we could circle it back to yay i think that's exactly maybe like why he was kind of like feeling on his heart to make this project because for a guy that did kind of score big points in the Christian community with a song like Jesus Walks and like all of the all of the content that sort of like followed that going back maybe even like from his own self-reflection he kind of like saw like okay well there's this moment whenever you could say that I was like metaphorically baptized whenever I you know struck hard with this like song that was like praising Jesus or whatever but then everything that followed that was kind of not in maybe what he would describe as his eyes or like like the the lord's you know like wish and so i feel like going from this point and like now he's like looking very introspectively it's like he needed to make this in order to in order to atone repent for, for yeah yeah atone yeah yeah i mean that's that's definitely a an interesting take on uh 
on Jesus is King. We're probably looking a lot more into it than most people are, you know, with the with the whole, the Liberian warlord tangent. There. Yeah, <laughs> no, I actually really like that tangent. Yeah. I think that that's yeah. that's really funny. But yeah, we're not going to spend more than twenty minutes on this segment. So when we get back, we'll be getting into the main part of this cast, the main part of this whole uh, season that we've been talking about the best albums of the decade. And like I said earlier, Reese has this really, really like a, a agreeable list that I just kind of flipped out whenever I saw it. And I was just like, dang, this is really good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, please stay tuned for that. And uh, Reese and I will be going down that list in a jip. You're listening to Sounds Welcome here in Studio U. Stay tuned. All right. And we're back here uh, in the studio, Studio U, that is. You're listening to Sounds Welcome and we're getting into the meat and the bread and the butter of uh, what this whole uh, season is really about is trying to find, um, you know, a pretty good comprehensive uh, top 100 or 200 albums of the decade. And uh, Reese uh, Carmen, my guest who's here, say hello again. Hello. Yeah, Reese Carmen. Um, he has brought with us a very, uh, very cool list. Um, and we're going to kind of go through it. We're going to kind of like skim through like the first top 50 relatively quickly because we're not trying to keep you all here all night. But um, once we get down to sort of like the 25 range, we'll kind of like go a little bit more in depth on like the, the placement of such albums. Uh, but yeah, Reese actually posted this on a, on a Facebook group called uh, Patrician Music Chart Posting earlier today. And I think it got like about like 80 or so like interactions of like likes or... And, like, you got maybe a couple angry reacts, but, like, mostly hearts yeah, and likes. Yeah, I think I got, like, one angry react, which was kind of shocking, because usually, you know, you post stuff to that group and you get kind of torn to shreds as far as, like, people, you know, making fun of you for, like, whatever you ranked <laughs> where. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, shockingly positive reception on that. Yeah, exactly. And, like, um, you know, it's going to be really cool. Um, like... I've, I've, I've mentioned kind of my ideas that are still a secret um, to the public about my top 100 albums of the decade list, but I think, I think if I had to make like a, like a serious one, it would look really close to yours. That, that's why I was just like super like, yes, yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, man, I'm glad that you, that, you, uh, that you think that I have some good choices on here. Yeah, so we can, if you want to kind of, like, go down from, like, a starting at 100 all the way down. Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, number 100. And also, some of these are not, like, 100% accurately ranked. Like, I, I threw this together and then started to sort some of them. But, like, the top 10, top 25-ish are pretty solid. So, yeah. uh, starts with Infest the Rat's Nest by uh, King, Giz- King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Um which I mean, it's just a fun thrash album. It's yeah. it's like very like old school thrash, uh, just cool stuff. You know, they're doing they've they've done a lot of really cool stuff, and that album is just one that I found very yeah. entertaining. And it's like if paper, I mean, oh, I was gonna say if uh, fishing for fishies is like um, if you're if you're familiar with the King Gizzard discography, then you know what I'm talking about. But if like fishing for fishies is the paper mache dream balloon dream yeah. balloon uh, of this kind of like environmental type theme that they're going on this this new sort of like track of albums this is like the murder of the universe of yeah this is like the murder of the universe of like the sort of environmental uh theme that they're going for yeah they're man they're uh they're just versatility like i saw them in concert and 
they're the only band that I think I could see live where they go from a thrash metal song to a neo jazz song, oh and it's God. just seamless. Like it's beautiful. Yeah, it, and it was phenomenal concert. Um, and after that, I've got "Being So Normal" by Peach Pit. Uh, I think they're Great one of one. the most fun, like guitar-driven bands out now. Um, yeah, I, their solos. Chef's kiss. You yeah, know, their their guitarist is incredible. Can I can I can I try to emulate it, emulate it with with my voice? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm gonna bring it down an octave. <laughs> oh, that was really bad. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, really really cool guitar stuff. I mean, definitely. You know, if you've not heard it, check it out. Is that is that riff that I just hummed? Is that the, on on the same album? Ah, uh, man, I think that's off of. Uh, I think that's like 17 is what that sounded like to me. And uh, I, yeah. That might be on the album. I'm trying to remember. I know it's for sure on there on, on the EP, on the Sweet FA EP. Yeah. That one always repeats in my Spotify list. Man. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, that's a great one. And then I've got, uh, the ride by catfish and the bottle men, uh, a little bit poppy, but just a fun album again, you know, cool songs, oxygen and uh, twice or two that definitely were like kind of anthems for me this summer. Then I've got Francis Trouble, solo album by Albert Hammond Jr. of The Strokes. Uh, oh, I did not know that. Tremendous solo uh, effort right there. Uh, yeah, his his voice is not his voice like his voice, but his voice like artistically is very much not something that I'd expect um, from you know Albert Hammond Jr. hearing him in The Strokes, but is definitely uh, something I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, his solo stuff is great. Then we've uh, got uh, Moon Hooch, which I believe that's just their self-titled. Uh, I'm try- I get their stuff mixed up in my head. But, uh, yeah, Moon Hooch, really cool. Uh, they're, like, dance music, but it's just two saxophones and a drummer. Uh, and it's, I believe, baritone sax and tenor saxophone. And they played at uh, Jazz in June, actually. Really? In, like, 2011. Oh, nice incorporation. They are, they, are, they are killing. They are really cool. But I also heard that they're kind of jerks to people for Jazz and June. So, uh, I mean, cool music, maybe not the greatest guys <laughs> in the world. Still made it on the list. Yeah, still made the list. Uh, then I've got uh, Hill Climber by Wolfpack. You know, they're so funky. They're so low volume. They make fun songs. Check out Wolfpack. I love Wolfpack. Uh, then I've got Fearless Flyers, their first album. You know, again, just really funky. Good music to dance to. Uh Mark Letiri on and Corey Wong on guitar are incredible, and Nate Smith is just uh, unbelievable to me as as a musician. Um, and then I've got uh, Greatest Hits by uh, Remo Drive, which is a really fun, yes, really really fun like uh, kind of emo punk record. Just really angsty and really like angry feeling. Remo Drive 100% deserves to be on this 100 list. And I'm really... Because I haven't seen a lot of lists with including them. Man, but. and they're, they're definitely not... In my opinion, they don't get a lot of uh, a lot of attention, which I think they definitely deserve it. Uh, yeah, cool band. Definitely check them out. Then I've got another Wolfpack album. I've got uh, The Beautiful Game. Uh, now they're just really fun. You know, put it on and dance around. Be goofy. That was my, my first Wolfpack album. Yeah. Man, I got into them uh, from from just seeing their stuff on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I just really dug it. And you know, Joe Dart, just an incredible bassist. Are you a Snarky Puppy fan? I feel like you would be. Yeah, well, that's okay. what I was talking about. Mark Latiri, oh, Flyers, is actually okay. a Snarky Puppy. Uh, 
I don't know names from I'm that group. I'm so but bummed that I missed that concert. Me that would have been so dope to see them live. They're I, they're really cool. I ended up seeing Animal Collective instead, which is still yeah. That would have man. That would have been dope too. Then I've got Antisocialites by Always. They make really cool, um, like Dream Pop. I guess would be mm-hmm. kind of the the classification that I'd go with. Yeah, especially definitely. on especially on their second effort. Uh, their first one's kind of rockier, but super super short, super simple, but also very sweet. Yeah, uh, all, all the way through. Very uh, sugary, I think, sugary, is, is yeah. a good word. Sugary melodies on that, uh, mm-hmm. which I really dig. Then I've also got their first, uh, their self-titled LP, which, I mean, yeah, I probably need, like, again, this list is not, like, super well-ranked, especially towards the bottom end. I love that LP, though. Uh, Alec O'Hanley is the guy that plays guitar on that, and he's phenomenal. Molly Rankin's vocal delivery, especially on that first album. Again, chef's kiss. You know, just <laughs> love it. Uh, Alexandria Casio Cortez, Italian, <laughs> Italian hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I've got Kidsy Ghosts, which you know, elements of neo soul on that. Uh, and also, I think kind of a little bit, uh, in some spots, a little bit gospely, almost. You know, kind of precursor to Jesus is King. Not obviously not to the level that Jesus is King is, but really cool collaborative effort by. Uh, by uh, Cuddy and uh, Kanye there. Yeah, definitely um, was... I mean, Fantano gave it a 10, which I don't know why I could bring it Fantano in this cast, but, <laughs> you know, I, I for me, it was like a, like a really good like 8 out of 10. And I really love that, like, despite all else, that Kanye put out late into his career, like, maybe, like, one of, like, the best, like, hip-hop collabs of the decade. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, easily. Uh, and, uh, man, him and Cuddy are both, you know, at this point pushing 50, right? They're both, like, up in their 40s. Yeah. Like, and the they, fact they just put out, like, an album that was unbelievable. The fact that it was, like, lit and it was, like, actually, like, still, like, relatable and not, like, you know, it didn't, like, feel grandpa-y at all. It was, like, really, yeah. you know, it was, a, it was a nice surprise. Yeah. And then I've got uh, The Sciences by Sleep, which is just... Good I, choice. When that record came out, I went over to a friend of mine's house and just put on the vinyl, and we just sat down and listened to that record, and just go out and listen to that. Like that album's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Again, probably one that I should have put higher. Okay, I, I I wanted to do this just to like blindside you a little bit, but it's all fun and games. Yeah. But I wanted to kind of read some of the comments uh, on your thread post. All right, yeah. <laughs> so how how do you respond so far to having a uh, No Joanna Newsom or Julia Holter? <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay, I saw that, and, um, man, I mean, I'd, I feel bad saying this, but I'd not listen to those albums. Uh, I mean, there's... That's I, fine, yeah. I could definitely be probably a little bit more, uh, a little bit more well-schooled, but I don't know. I, I don't listen to everything, but, I mean, it's it's impossible to, you know? Yeah, get exactly. Off, get off my back, dude, that's what I'm saying <laughs> to that guy. Yeah, no, I agree. He yeah. he, ra- he he ranked it way too. He he gave the list two, of two, two out, out of ten. Two out of ten, man. Yeah, that for was, not including that was rough. That was rough. I mean, I'm I love Joanna Newsom and Julia Holter as much as the next guy, um, or Andy Samberg. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, like, it, it it's not necessary for any top one hundred list. I think I think that you know the fact that you included both like melodrama and pure heroin, is really like appeasing, kind of like you know. Like a crowd that I didn't think that you would even like 
kind of go for, which is like I, I, have a, I have a lot of respect for that too. Well, and the, I also just love those records. Yeah, like no, they're, Lord, they're, Lord and Carly Rae Jepsen are two Carly artists is. where I kind of I don't know, like uh, earlier, I guess whenever I was younger, which is kind of it feels foolish to say because I'm still like pretty young. But I, I was one of those guys where it's like, well, if it's not, like, Led Zeppelin, it's not real music, which is in mm-hmm. hindsight is so dumb. Right. But uh, those are two artists who I enjoyed a lot more than I thought I would. And same with uh, Ari- Ariana Grande, who just zoomed in on that. Oh, yeah. No, I, was looking, on I was looking at the one by the right, right next to the Sleep album. What is this again? I've um, seen this album That is before. Bury Me at Makeout Creek Bury by, me, yeah. by Mitski. Who, why, yeah, why did I forget that album title? I or, love Mitski. Cover. Mitski's just fantastic. Good choice um, there, yeah. Then we have Angel Olsen. Yeah, uh, that's My Woman is the title of that album, right? Yeah, yeah, My Woman. Yeah, she's, she's again, you know, I think very much uh, there's this video I saw talking about how the future of rock is female, and I think uh, Angel Olsen really encapsulates that. Are you going to see well. her at uh, Criterion? I've man, I keep thinking about buying tickets to that. Me I need too. to find someone to go with though. If you want to go with me, I'm uh, my buddy's going to be in town from Fort Worth, and I think we're we're thinking about going too. I mean, I'm down, man. Also, do you know that 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 Vagabone is opening? No, I didn't for her. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Uh, then I've got Isolation by Cali Uchis. Again, really really fun uh, pop album, and also like kind of uh, incorporates more, you know. That's one of those albums where it incorporates more sort of outside, uh, kind of almost like Motowny sounds. You know, yeah. if you listen to like the song After the Storm, like, I don't know, something about that album, maybe it's like the drums on it. I don't know. It's just Miami AF. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely like Miami sort of feeling. Uh, so I guess not Motown, but like something about it to me feels like I should be like, sitting on a beach and like mm. drinking like a fruity drink and listening yeah. to it. It's, it it's a fun album and then completely uh, opposite end of the spectrum there <laughs> we've got you won't get what you want by daughters i want to show you my uh recording of uh, ocean song that yeah. i got from 89th street collective i'm still so mad that i did not go to that show but uh you'll 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 get a chance to see them man that 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 album is dark it's like if you listen I, me and my friend Eric uh, we both listened to that for like the first time uh, we both texted each other when it came out and we're like hey man let's check out the new Daughters album and it was just like middle of the night and just listen <laughs> to it like in the dark that sounds so devious not, not, like 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 <laughs> not like a recommended experience it's one of those things where it's like uh, you know it's the like, song Frankie Teardrop yeah Frankie Teardrop listening to that in the dark is very like similar energy to listening to that album that, that, that song Frankie Teardrop gives me so much anxiety <laughs> that song like makes the hairs on the back of my neck stick up it's <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, then I've got Both Directions at Once by John Coltrane, which is kind of a cop-out. You know, he's been dead since, like, yeah, what, just... the 70s. But, I mean, um, like, it was cool that you were able to incorporate him onto this list. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it wasn't released until this year. So. Right. And it was a phenomenal album. Uh, you know, hearing hearing the Coltrane Quartet at their full creative force uh, is just phenomenal, especially, you know, hearing those recordings of uh, – you know songs like nature boy that like they just hadn't been heard before except for maybe live but yeah really cool album definitely uh definitely check that out if you're into jazz or wanting to get into jazz and then i've got a pick uh that i'm surprised wasn't more controversial controversial excuse me which i don't even is, know uh, what this album is Interalia by at the drive-in 
Oh, by at the drive-in. Yeah, oh my gosh. Which, which I think a lot of people hated on because it wasn't like Relationship of Command Part Two. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a little bit more uh, Mars Volta y and attitude. Uh, but it's a cool album. I, I enjoy it. I didn't I didn't listen to this one, so I have to go back because I love Mars Volta. Definitely so. check it out, man. It's it's cool. Um, then I've yeah, got on deeper understanding. War on drugs. That's just a really to me. Uh, trying to think of a word it's kind of a somber feeling record mm-hmm. you know yeah um yeah and i just i i enjoy it i don't know <laughs> a lot of these albums it's like yeah i like them they're cool listen to them yeah uh i mean i love idols but no brutalism before joy yeah okay i got that's that's another one which uh i should just some of my friends and got some some beef for that uh yeah joy is an act of resistance by idols which I, it's a cool record. I think it's very, um, I don't know. It's it's heavy, but it's like heavy in a way that's kind of for me hard to explain. I just feel like, um, oh yeah, like I I I love Joy. Don't get me wrong, but like yeah. I feel like you can't like when you're comparing like brutalism to Joy, like the writing on Date Night. Yeah, that song is probably one of my favorite. Just like I don't know, like story told like almost like ballads like through like screams of like you know punk rock yeah man they're 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 definitely i I mean it's really cool kind of seeing um you know in this decade i feel like more so than others there's been a uh a huge increase in the accessibility of making music and as a result i think you're getting a lot more experimental sort of more out there stuff and i think it's interesting seeing a, a genre like punk that has been around since like as early as the 70s mm-hmm. uh sort of seeing like a, a more modern take because i feel like punk rock is a genre that hasn't really been in the in the spotlight and when it is it's like it's, it's kind like, of joke like like pop punk stuff and and that album is very much you know if you listen to it not pop punk so or it's like transist or transit transcending into like rap and stuff like that yeah 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 definitely um then we have some rap songs some rap Earl sweatshirt uh yeah, I mean all all of the Odd Future uh, gang, good placement with this one. I think are doing cool stuff, and I mm. think Earl Sweatshirt, uh, out of all of them, to me probably has. Well, I mean, I say out of all of them, it's really between him and Tyler because Frank doesn't really do rapping stuff, but I think he has like some cool like beats and some cool bars on his album. Mm-hmm. Um, though I do think. I probably enjoy Tyler a little bit more, which mm-hmm. is why he's ranked higher on the list. Mm-hmm. But and not and not to discount uh, any of like the commentary that we're doing between these. But unfortunately, the show is going to run a little late if we keep doing that. So how about is there um, a is there a point in which you want to kind of like justify your positions? Like, can we like point to one of them? Okay, so one I feel like that I might get some grief on. Uh, like that we, you're like, giving me some grief on. Well, we can or, we can we can go ahead and continue down this like okay. list. Yeah. But just point to me on the screen real quick, like where you want to start, like kind of justifying the 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 picks again. Um. Because uh, I feel like we could like kind of just like go down the list of names. Yeah, I, man, I definitely feel like we got. Yeah, let's let's probably, like, with the top twenty-five, start going a little bit more. And so, at, starting at Igor, but. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Just want to run down through the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. so um, Going off of FKA Twigs. That's, yeah, FKA Twigs, which is LP1, correct? Yeah, um, LP1, yeah. And then Thank You Next by Ariana Grande, uh, Summertime 06 by Vince Staples, Damn by Kendrick Lamar, 
the ooze by king cruel mm-hmm. uh charlie xcx charlie um it's album time by todd terger uh lcd sound system the american dream sound and color by alabama shakes uh titanic rising i'm blanking on the artist by his blood yeah yep. um salad days by mac demarco uh i like it when you sleep whatever long title by the 1975 <laughs> good choice there uh, too. bark your head off dog by hop along fantastic record they've come to oklahoma city so many times i missed them all oh yeah time. yeah man i've not i've never or maybe it's tulsa actually maybe they... i need to catch them they'd be a really fun line mm-hmm. uh after laughter by paramore who doesn't love Paramore? <laughs> you need to come see me uh, cover Still Into You. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it'll be next week, actually. <laughs> Where at? Second Wind. All right, I'll have, yeah. to, I'll have to come check that, man. Uh, Emotion by Carly Rae Jepsen. Channel Orange. Um, why am I blanking on this? Frunk. Yeah, okay. Frunk Ocean. Wait, oh, no, yeah, Channel Orange. Um, oh, wait, were you trying to... Yeah, trying? no, no, no. Yeah, oh, you're, Frank Ocean. I'm blanking on the, on the Kendrick. Oh, um, to, to Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, to Pimp a Butterfly. Man, I was no, dude. It's like so tired right now. Yeah, I have, I have so much. Like sometimes whenever I get on the show, it's just like, man, like I know what I'm about to say, but like, how am I gonna say? Yeah, it? You know? like that's man. That's like I went on a on bit depth, and when I was on bit depth, I was sitting there, and there'd be albums where it's like I've listened to this album like 30 times, and I just can't think of what its name is right now. Uh, but yeah, to Pimple Butterfly, uh, Modern Vampires of the City, and then we've got uh, the Suburbs. Arcade Fire, then uh, A Thousand Gex by A Hundred Gex. I respect this so much. Um, which, I love this. Which I did not like at first, really grew on me. Uh, Yay by Kanye West, Yeezus by Kanye West, <laughs> Red by Taylor Swift, uh, Paramore Self-Titled, um, This Courtney was an interesting Barnett, choice. Which I am, again, blanking on the album name right now. Um, I forgot this, the, the name of this one, too, but it was her, her most recent one that she yeah. released with her face on it. But I'm really surprised that you didn't uh, put Sometimes I Sit and Sometimes I Sit and Think or whatever. Man, I don't know. For me, a lot of, a lot of like, some of these placements are also just kind of, uh, for certain artists, it's like, well, why not this album by this artist that is, like, technically better, but it's like this album kind of has a more special place in my heart almost. Yeah, like, yeah, which, so, I, yeah. which I like that, too. Yeah, that album is definitely one that is, like, a lot of those songs are kind of, like, summer jams for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Black Star by David Bowie. Phenomenal, phenomenal album. Uh, Lazaretto by Jack White. Uh, Lana Del Rey's most recent album. FAA cannot say the yeah. title, unfortunately. Norman, Norman, Norman freaking Rockwell. Rockwell yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Daytona by Pusha T. Unbelievable rap album. And also, like, a, a really... It, it has a lot of punch for the amount of time, for, like, the short time that it takes up. And how much did Ye spend on this picture of Whitney Houston's bathroom again? It was, like, half a million dollars or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy to me. Uh, then we've got Dirty Computer by Janelle Monae. Mm-hmm. No Cities to Love by Sleater Kenny. Yes. Uh, another Mitski, uh, Be the Cowboy. Uh, a Sailor's Guide to Earth by Sturgill Simpson. Yes. And then just about the furthest thing from that album, Astro World by Travis Scott. <laughs> but, uh, no, but no rodeo first. No rodeo. F- and again, that's another one that I kind of got, uh, kind of got beefed for. But uh, I don't know something about Astro World. Even they, though rodeo, they, rodeo is also an album that definitely rodeo and Die Lit are two albums that changed me for trap. Where I kind of just didn't like trap before, but those albums really put me on. I feel like uh, like everyone wanted rodeo to have 
you know, and it was impossible at this point because Travis just wasn't big enough. But like everyone wanted Rodeo to have the same impact that Astro World had. But yeah. Astro World had like kind of like the Pokemon Go like like yeah. phenomena where it was just like everywhere you went, every car that drove by was, was just sicko mode. mode. Yeah. Well, and I. <laughs> yeah, and so like sicko mode, I I unironically agree with the statement that it is like the Bohemian Rhapsody of <laughs> generation. Um, but yeah, and also just I think uh, part of what plays into Astroworld being on the list up there is uh, kind of the aesthetics of it, you know, and like the tour of that where he had the giant roller coaster was I think was really legit. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Then we've got Wide Awake by Parquette Courts. Uh, Days Are Gone by Haim, mm-hmm. uh, Lush by Snail Mail, Clean by Soccer Mommy. Both of them came to Norm Music Festival. Yeah. Both of them were phenomenal at Norm Music Festival. I only caught the last song from uh, Lindsay, unfortunately. Oh, man. That, that, that uh, set was... And that was right before Lush dropped, and then she was on the cover of Rolling Stone. I know. That was really cool. Um, then I've got Dial It. Uh, then I've got... By Playboy Cardi. Yeah, by Playboy Cardi. Uh as opposed to Die Lit by uh, Leonard Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got I got I got I got a spoon feed cuz like yeah, sometimes yeah. I wonder if like anyone just ever tunes into this and they're just like what are they talking about? Yeah, like, <laughs> that's yeah, definitely valid. Uh then I've got um Car Seat Headrest Twin like, Twin uh uh Twin Fantasy. Twin Fantasy. Is this the Mirror to Mirror or um I think uh, uh that's the the that's the original. No, the later one. Oh, the later one. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Wait, which one? Which one is this? Is this the original for you or? For me, it's it's the it's the later one. It's the, the later one. The yeah. One. Um, I feel like, I, I feel like it's like almost like a like um, like everyone agrees agrees it's like unanimous that the re-recording of Twin Fantasy is really good. Yeah, and the first one I think is also good, but I think the first one it, to me seems rougher around the edges, and seems like he was uh sort of limited by circumstances into not being able to record the album to its full potential and i think that that potential was realized fully on the re-recording yeah and like the re-recording honestly it feels like an old video game that's like been polished up yeah to like like with like it's like the graphics. remaster of like crash bandicoot or something yeah, yeah. it's just like dang man this is this um, was good and it's still good then i've got carrie and lowell by uh sufjan stevens uh suck it and see by arctic monkeys uh which is a uh, uh, probably one of the most controversial inclusions on this list yeah uh it's a fun album it, i can't say much else uh it's it's got cool songs well, just library wait, pictures is awesome just wait till we get to the other arctic monkeys oh you yeah put, you put, you put higher up <laughs> yeah um the, then i've got royal blood self-titled uh to be kind by swans this old dog by mac demarco uh 1989 by taylor swift uh frankie cosmos uh I forget the name of this album, but yeah, it was really good. It's the one with the dog with the hat on the cover. Yeah, uh, "Depression Cherry" by Beach House. Um, Interesting strokes choice. Yeah, this is another one where uh, I think it was uh, Shelby Slater was getting on to me about having this on my list. <laughs> uh, but "Angles" by The Strokes, um, which man, I think Strokes, uh, like a lot of people, kind of hate on Strokes post uh, post Room on Fire, but. They made some really fun records. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that, you know, it's got a cool album cover, which, like, you know, album cover is, like, not... It's not the reason it's on the list, but I think the aesthetics sort of of that album and uh, kind of the the image it portrays to me personally I think is really cool, and I think it's got some really cool songs on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, like, I think a good example of that is, like, look at, like... Um 
like MGMT's like great albums, like with like Oracular Spectacular, yeah. and then the one after that was what was it called again? Uh, um, that's not it's not my little dark age. No, uh, but it it was the one with like the like the surfing cartoon character on it. Yeah. But then uh, the the point I had to make with that was like their their self titled release, which was also like their worst album that they ever put out. That that album art sucked. Like it was, well, and that's like it's Come Down Machine by The Strokes terrible album art and is pretty much a contractual obligation at that point like, yeah. like they did not they phoned it in on that one but anyways uh then we've got sunbather uh which it, great, it didn't put choice. me onto harsh vocals um but it, it definitely sunbather by death heaven yeah Sorry, yeah by death haven yeah uh, it definitely uh sort of turned amplified my love of sort of more extreme subgenres of metal uh then we've got nonagon Infin- infinity by king gizzard and the lizard wizard Really cool album, really cool concept. Super cool, yeah. That's uh, what got me into them. Then we've got Dedicated by Carly Rae Jepsen. Fantastic uh, pop album mm-hmm. there. Came out this year. Uh, one of my favorite albums that came out this year. It was super solid. It's it's really solid. And what I love about about Carly is, especially on that album, is sort of the more bold uh, production and the more like bold instrumentation choices. It's mm-hmm. so, like the song Everything He Needs doesn't sound like it'd be like a huge... Uh, like a hit that a pop star like Carly Rae Jepsen when she put out Call Me Maybe like there's a lot of growth as an artist yeah um, everyone like it's 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 so funny because like I knew I even know like a lot of like um, I guess you could like say like more basic music listeners who like whatever I mentioned Carly Rae Jepsen is like being my like fave just, everyone like, thinks that I'm listening to Call Me Maybe yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just so funny but she's she's got so much more depth than that it's kind of like uh, it's not it's not a great comparison, but it's kind of like um, I know that Rebecca Black like toured with like a band recently. And yeah, she she came, she came to Opolis. She did. I come was to so Opolis. bummed I couldn't go to that. It was twenty one plus. Yeah, that made me so angry because I just wanted to go see Rebecca Black and see what she was doing. And talk about just like <laughs> the worst like choice to make a twenty one plus show. Like I bet there yeah, was like I no bet there kidding. were three people at that show because yeah, it was twenty one plus. Man, that would be a wacky show to go to though. <laughs> uh, then I've got the Money Store by Death Grips. It's Death Grips, man. They're they're loud. They're angry. They're uh, experimental. Mm-hmm. It's it's cool stuff. This is this is really their like most like unfiltered, uh, unadulterated work. Just like yeah, not, I, and not to say they ever got filtered, but I feel like this is definitely like where their biggest hits came from. Yeah, well, like Get Got, Get you Got, know? Yeah. and I think it's definitely them f- sort of firing on all cylinders for all of them, especially Zach Hill on this album. Or is it? Is I've seen footage on this one. Or yeah. That, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, and then starting to go more in depth again, yeah. we've got uh, Igor by Tyler the Creator, which, uh, you know, Tyler the Creator. Uh, I think production-wise, it's it's, an, it's a phenomenal album, and then also it's just lyrically and and conceptually is uh, fantastic. I think. Um, yeah, for sure. You know the whole the whole storyline running throughout the album is uh, is really cool to me mm-hmm. and a really well executed concept. Uh, then we've got Random Access Memories by Daft Punk. They made Disco Cool again. Mm-hmm. Awesome album. Daft Punk is the greatest. Everyone, well, not the greatest because they're not number one, but it's it's a really fun album and and uh, the album that got me into electronic music actually. Yeah, everyone loved to Dookie on this album, just because it was like their most like feature heavy and but like it's like what else were they gonna do at this point? Because they had already released yeah. homework, they had already released Discovery. It's just like they have like their actual like 
authentic French house hits, but it's like, how are they going to expand into that, like, into those veins and, like, vessels of, like, every single person's, like, ears, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they had to branch out into doing some hefty features. Then I've got uh, a probably a pretty controversial uh, choice as well is uh, yeah. Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino by the Arctic Monkeys. Another album where I think has an, an excellently executed concept. You know, just uh, to me, it feels like I'm on the moon when I listen to that album. Uh, and I think lyrically it has some really fun wordplay, which is another thing, you know, uh, Alex Turner, you know, I've, I've heard some people talk about him being a bit of a cornball on that album, but I love Alex Turner's cornballiness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's one of my favorite parts about Arctic Monkeys is just the, his, his lyricism, I think is, is all is, has always been on point uh, to me. Yeah. He's never, he's never really faltered when it comes to like lyrics. I, I, I think the main thing is just like on like uh, the, like the main switch up, which we'll get to in a second. Actually, we'll just talk about it when we talk about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I've got Inner Speaker by Tame Impala. Uh, we've already talked a lot about Tame Impala. Uh, yeah. Really, really dense uh, arrangements while still keeping it uh, sort of light and palatable uh, and just genius production. Uh, Kevin Parker, he, he really knows what he's doing. Uh, then we've got Bloom by, uh, by Beach House, which uh, kind of got me into sort of like the more it's, – it's like – more experimentally but also still kind of poppy uh, mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean like the keyboard on this album absolutely like cr- like solidified a sound of this generation like yeah. people are now like emulating this keyboard which i'm trying to remember the name of it if do you know what i'm talking about yeah i know what you're talking about but i also <laughs> just blanking my yeah, friend my it, friend actually picked one up from tulsa recently oh, that's cool yeah yeah that's an that's an album though where i feel like uh it has it has like a really uh to me it seems anyways a, a really wide influence on a lot of like the dream pop uh and sort of like more indie stuff that's being made uh while still not being like one of the most widely known albums sort of in that genre mm-hmm. definitely an, like, a, like an influence for for always you know like, oh yeah. yeah yeah undoubtedly um then we've got everything now by uh, arcade fire which is again controversial to have that so far above the suburbs um, oh yeah <laughs> but that was actually the first uh arcade fire album i heard uh and like the song creature comfort and everything now i love both of those mm-hmm. songs a lot of people say it's their worst i think it's a really fun album it's it's well produced to me uh it's got some cool like arrangements and a uh, cool orchestration on some of those tracks i really love like the synth like the pulsing synth on creature comfort is mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts uh then we've got contra by vampire weekend <laughs> and I want to, yeah, I want to know because everyone, like every like generalist, like usually puts modern vampires above Contra. Yeah. So to me, again, this is just sort of a thing where it's like exposure to it, mm-hmm. and then also just like my own personal enjoyment of the albums. I think I think Modern Vampires is still a, it's still a, a, a really excellent album, but Contra to me is, I don't know, it's more fun and, and it's to me it has it feels a little sound. bit, a little bit more light. Well, and a-, a punk is a song for me where it's like that song really. Uh, and a punk's on a art that's on a. It's on their self-titled. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, but is there a song on Contra that you're thinking of? It's not a punk. I'm trying to think of. What? Is it? Or Orchada? Or... Yeah. Is that one? Yeah. Yeah, and then there's um like there well there's. Contra, like, the, I think you like Contra. Yeah, I just, I just think Contra is like kind of a lighter, more fun album to me than uh, Modern Vampires of the City. 
it definitely has that like yeah man i'm like two years two three years into college like i'm just yeah like, like I, I i i have this experience under my belt you know like, oh no vampire vampire weekend to me uh kind of in a way feels like a spiritual successor to kind of the attitude the strokes represented yeah yeah um, absolutely which i i really dig uh you know i love the strokes and as as evidenced by the inclusion of ankles on my list uh but yeah that's that's a cool that's a cool album um then we've got murder of the universe again uh by king gizzard and the lizard wizard and, and is another album expertly executed concept mm-hmm. This was this was like a day one pre-order for me. When it, yeah, when it was man, it, it's it's spoken word and like doom metal and all this stuff, and it's got stuff about cyborgs and mm-hmm. Balrog and very like Lovecraftian, super outlandish yeah. and crazy. And I I'm just in love with it. Mm-hmm. It was the first uh, King Giz album, I believe, that I actually listened to all the way through. If I were, like after it got released, like the first one where I was a fan of them it dropped and then i listened to as opposed to like i heard uh altered beast is like it's so oh good my god yeah that that whole album as opposed to like i'd heard uh i mean your mind fuzz and be like yeah they're they're pretty cool and like listen to some of their stuff and kind of jumped around and then like uh when that album came out i listened to it and then i just went into the rabbit hole and <laughs> haven't come out since uh yeah i mean like they like they definitely their fan base has like kind of garnered like almost like a like a similar like enthusiasm that like any sort of like metalcore bands back in the day would have like yeah and and what's 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 really crazy to me is just their versatility as artists yeah it's like and you know like i i think it really does speak to the appeal of like the wider genre range that people growing up uh, in today's age have it's just like we're not we're not i i know more and more people that are diverging out of like the whole oh i listen to everything except rap and country and kind of like you know thing yeah like, well and then there's i feel like there's also you've got that but you've also got the people where it's like i listen to everything no i listen to modern pop modern rap and 80s hits and i feel like a, lo- a lot of that is sort of fading away more and more and uh, as people are listening to to a lot more diverse uh stuff which i think is overall a good thing because i think it's making uh artists less afraid to experiment which i think is is a good thing for music. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got uh, in a row, pure heroin and melodrama by Lord, both albums that uh, just really like strike a personal chord to me and are just beautiful like pop albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are albums that really uh, sort of elevated to me the art form of pop music, uh, past just being like me sort of being like disregarding it as oh well it's just like radio hits like these are albums that are have clear artistic vision and clear goals and execute on them very well um then i've got uh flower boy by tyler the creator uh beautiful production beautiful songwriting Mm -hmm. uh really like lush sounds on this album and uh just like again like sugary melodies yeah very very sugary Um, and just overall like a great soundtrack for that summer that it came out yeah and, no know. kidding and and also like the features of it like oh, yeah the the all the inclusions feel so natural like Callie uchis on uh on uh, went, uh see you again yeah gorgeous it like, was it was like all of that um sort of like it was like cherry bomb was like sort of like almost like a precursor to like the way that tyler wanted to go because he was kind of like going from that like 
almost like insanity rap, like you know, like, jumping, like jumping on the stage, like you know, yeah. like looking like you know some kind of like dancer, you know, like from like an old like '30s like cartoon or something. I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say, yeah. but like you know, like he's like he was he had like a verse on there like you know like listen to Mac DeMarco, you know, like on Cherry Bomb, and then like he went all all out with uh, Flower Boy and just like really like put in like a bunch of like indie artists like to like mesh with his sound you well know? and also just the production on that and like the the increase in his skill as a producer and as a writer i feel to that album from his previous stuff is is enormous mm-hmm. and uh, it's just a really impressive effort to me and holds up still um and then i've got uh born to die by lana del rey nice fantastic pop album uh I'm seeing her in concert uh, for the second time at the Criterion. Super pumped about it. You got it. tickets for that? Yeah. Nice. Um, I want to go to that. Yeah, she just she just makes uh, a lot of the songs on that album are just earworms, and are uh, the string arrangements are really great. Vocal delivery on that album is spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, then I've got another controversial inclusion, at least this high on the list, is "A.M." by Arctic Monkeys. Um, I listened to this so much in high school. Which is an album, yeah. So this album, I went from liking it to then I got into Arctic Monkeys' early stuff and was like, AM, it's whatever, uh, to then I saw them live. Excuse me. And they played AM stuff live, and it was, oh, my God, AM's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. I really like songs like Fireside, you know, like stuff like yeah. that that really kind of like had like kind of like a nice groove to them, you know? Yeah, I'm... I think different. that that album is definitely uh, kind of a splitting point uh, for the Arctic Monkeys. They kind of got more adult and grew up a little bit on that album. I feel like yeah, it's definitely it's it's definitely I think uh, brushed off kind of a lot more than it should be. I think it's a I think it's a good album. I feel like it's a uh, it's definitely like their most greaser album. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely true. Uh, then I've got Blonde by Frank Ocean. Yes. Excellent production, excellent uh, vocal performance by Frank on this album. 69 different collaborators. For, yeah, I mean, and it's just it's it's just one of those albums where it's very similar to Flower Boy. It's just the execution on it is unbelievable and it's just a gorgeous album. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the one of the better pop albums I think I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Life of Pablo by Kanye. Um yeah, that was like the first uh, Kanye album I actually heard. Oh, really? And really uh, cool. no more parties in LA. I like one of my friends showed that to me, and I just like then got really into Kanye. And uh, yeah, I mean it's been kind of a rabbit hole from there. Kanye has become one of my favorite uh, hip hop artists. Just yeah, cool album. Definitely check it out. Uh, and I think that that's another album where it's kind of uh, the the wider vision of the album is. Uh, kind of it seems grander than uh prior albums by mm-hmm. kanye i mean it was it was the first um uh, edit like in progress sort of like stream upload because yeah i don't think anyone had really ever put much thought into the idea of well because we're all in this streaming age now like you could hypothetically have different versions of your album if you want to go back and re-upload it but it's like nobody ever like kind of like thought outside of that box because it was kind of just like well why would you want to have something that sounded different from like the physical release yeah but it was kind of like well that album only had bootlegs you know yeah like it only had bootleg physicals so yeah i thought that was really fascinating too 
And then uh, next up, Blunderbuss by uh, by Jack White, which is his first solo effort, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, that's really uh, just Jack White kind of, I feel like, uh, you know, he did the White Stripes thing, and now he's just Jack White, and uh, he's not restricted to kind of the, the two-person uh, orchestration where it's like, okay, I can play keys or I can play guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, he started having more uh, complex songs, and uh, I mean, what what he's done with it, you know, evidenced by the inclusion of two of his albums and Boarding House Reach as like a strong consideration on this list. Mm-hmm. His his solo stuff is is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, then Currents, I've already gushed about Currents plenty on here. Uh, you know, just really dense, but really palatable. Uh, melodies are unbelievable production is just uh one of the best produced albums i think of of the decade and one of the better albums production wise i've ever heard yeah and definitely it's just like i've never been more excited to hear about an album's b-sides coming out yeah you know what i mean no kidding, <laughs> yeah. yeah i was just like oh well, boy more it's, current. Yeah. it's just how how meticulous kevin parker is with with his uh style of making music is is impressive yeah and then we've got Malibu by uh, Anderson Pack. Almost, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, you, no, you can go. I was gonna say almost everyone. What 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 year did this come out? Uh, twenty thirteen, I believe. Dude, don't tell me oh, that. No. Some I, I think maybe then. I mean, like you probably that. pro- that's probably actually like Venice came out around that time. No, dude, you're probably right. I mean, I, I think it might have been twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. That's just making me oh, no, feel No, actually cool. 2016. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. That makes me feel better. I think he's got an album. I think I'm thinking of Venice, maybe. Yeah, Venice came out in 2014. Well, anyways, I was going to say, like, everyone that year that I talked to, they put Malibu, like, in their top three. Yeah, man, that album is just phenomenal to me with its blend of kind of soul and gospel-y elements. Uh, and then also the, the obvious hip-hop and funk as well is just, like I watched his tiny desk, and then I was before I heard that album, and was just blown away by his skill, uh, his charisma mm-hmm. uh, as a vocalist, and and his vocal delivery, and it's just, and live is just a, the album's just as good as as the tiny desk, mm-hmm. you know. Which I mean, I I would you'd hope that it is, but yeah, the tiny desk definitely check that out and mm-hmm. Malibu fantastic album yes uh how did we get so dark by royal blood i have not listened to this this okay royal blood have you heard their self-titled either i haven't heard i've never heard royal blood okay royal blood is legit they're Mm -hmm. uh they're like heavier uh you know it's just a duo it's it's bass and and uh drummer Mm -hmm. and uh they make stuff that are like really like bangers uh Mm -hmm. and in the most literal sense like they they go hard um but they're also like They've got more pop sensibilities, especially in like the, the way they that they write a melody. Okay, uh, cool. So it's like it's like heavy but kind of poppy, not like obviously like not like top forty radio pop, but right. It's, it's definitely more palatable than uh, than stuff that would have similar like great great hooks and stuff like that. Yeah, really really good hooks. Okay, that's, cool. That's what I was looking to say. That's um, awesome. Then my beautiful dark twisted fantasy by Kanye. Again, we've talked a lot about Kanye, so I'll try and keep it short on this one. Uh, this album, it just feels like Kanye is is unbelievably authentic to me. And his discography, if you listen to his whole discography, this is the album where I feel, um, to me at least, it seems like he really comes into his own 
and uh and has his voice as an artist uh and it is very clearly heard on this album i think absolutely uh couldn't say about it then good kid mad city uh kendrick lamar uh just like the the wide range of influences kendrick draws from and the soulful consciousness of this album uh i think all contribute you know kendrick's I would argue one of the one of the greatest rappers uh, of our generation, and maybe shaping up to be of all time. I think that'd be kind of a bold statement with uh, with how short his discography is at the moment. I guess compared to like rappers that have been in the game longer. Mm-hmm. But he's he's incredibly talented as as is uh, very clear on on all of his albums, which are all on this list. I know I know. there's, like, sort of talks about, like, maybe, like, an early passing of the torch um, to, like, Isaiah Rashad and yeah. stuff like that, you know? Because I know that Rashad, like, has, like, a project that's supposed to drop, like, any second now. Like, yeah. So, looking forward to that. Um, then we've got Lonerism by Tame Impala. Pretty much the same stuff I've said about his last two albums. Just phenomenal production. Uh uncompromising uh, artistic vision by Kevin Parker. Unbelievably talented man. Now we're into the top three territory. We've got A Crow Looked at Me by Mount Erie, which is is both beautiful and just emotionally destroying as an album. This is a really good top three, guys. Like, this is, this is like, I haven't seen a top three quite, quite like this, because, like, so many of them are just, like, the same kind of, like, copy and paste, but, like, this is th- this was really well thought out. This th- this part of it specifically was. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that you think that, man. These these are these three albums are very are all three very near and dear to my heart. Uh, but yeah, um, a crow looked at me. It's it's heartbreaking. It's beautiful. It's emotional. It's raw. It's honest. It's one of the most incredible albums I think I've ever heard. Um, you know, like, one of these days, like, I've never really had, like, a really tough, tough grieving process when it comes to, like, death and stuff like that, but I feel like I'm going to use this album as, like, a, a like a, like a field guide to that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, sorry, 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 vibe check, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Um, yeah, and so then at the number two spot, we've got uh, Wasting Light by Foo Fighters, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, Foo Fighters, I get kind of crap for being as big of a Foo Fighters fan I am. A lot of people say that they're dad rock. Uh, this album though is just it's awesome it's really cool they recorded it in their garage all with like analog equipment and it just sounds incredible it uh it's really like aggressive and biting and punchy um but there's also songs on it that are like lighter more fun songs and it's it's just i don't know to me it's a very special album as well because uh Foo Fighters were like one of the first bands I really like got into deep, um, yeah. And there's it was a big big moment for me musically uh, and kind of a, a realization to me for uh, for like this is something I could definitely see myself doing was when I saw them live uh, when I was younger and yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm, I really respect that album being put there. And then we've got. Um, this is happening by LCD Sound System, which is a, a really cool uh, electronic album. Uh, again, like uh, James Murphy, production-wise, is is up there with uh, Kevin Parker, just as like in in the sense of modern producers. 
Because I, I don't think you can really compare them uh, to people like George Martin or Phil Spector. No. Because the game yeah. is completely different now. But uh, James Murphy is another guy where him and Kevin Parker both make their albums all by themselves and just uncompromising uh, vision. And uh, his blend of house music with punk and with all this different stuff is makes for really, really fun albums. And uh, Yeah, and it's such an unorthodox, like, pairing, too, of a voice that's, like, you know, it's, like, his his delivery is like really what brings people to him. You yeah, know? Like and his his delivery, his playfulness, you know. Yeah, his delivery is like almost a little bit cynical as well. Yeah, uh, and kind of like I don't know, man. His 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 stuff is just very unique. I feel like I feel like Will Toledo definitely like chan- channels those cynical vibes from James Murphy. You know? Definitely, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is happening. It's just an album to me where. Uh, that's another one of those ones where it kind of broadened musical horizons for me. Um, yeah, it has like such a. It really encapsulates this, this whole decade because it kind of like has like almost that like, just from like the cover alone, it's like it's almost like you know like I have like you know office work. Uh, I'm, I'm staying late till till six thirty, but the cocktail party starts at seven. Yeah, and you know it's just like it kind of has that that big city atmosphere, but all of this kind of like like while I was simultaneously saying like what are we like what are we all doing here like well like, and then I like, also think it kind of touches on uh some of the isolation that is maybe felt in in uh the modern day and age you know um yeah not to get all boomery on you there yeah. but like uh <laughs> no we, we we accept boomer vibes here yeah I mean if you if you <laughs> listen to that that opening track dance yourself clean like the opening lyrics to that track are it's it's like some some really like thought-provoking uh in a way stuff and yeah that that album is just a romp man you got the song like drunk girls and uh <laughs> i can change it's it's a fun one for sure yeah well let me zoom back i mean nobody can actually <laughs> see this list right now but let me just zoom out on this again this was this was a really good uh pairing and like you almost got like a hundred like hits on this just from like this a patrician music chart posting group which i mean like you know, let's be honest, I've been in this group for a little while, too, and, like, they they are very, usually very, like, critical of, like, anything like yeah, this. Yeah, you know? no kidding, man, but I, and, I, I, I pr- pretty warm reception to that. Yeah, well, man, man, I'm still just, like, really, really happy that you came on the show tonight, like... Man, it was a blast getting to be on. Yeah, I'm sorry it ran so late, but I mean, I think I think uh, definitely if uh, any viewers stuck around for this whole talk, and um, this will be re-uploaded, so anyone who's listening can go back and backtrack this. Um, I, I I posted a little bit about uh, Reese's list on my social media, but um, I can provide some links on on our page. But yeah, like um, I really can't wait to see what your um, top albums of the year will be. You know, yeah, for sure. So. Man. Yeah, well, thank you guys for sticking around with the show this evening. We're going to be uh, going out on some uh, some Mighty Brother. Oh, wait, no, I don't want to. Actually, we're going to go out. We're going to go out to the National Ada, which is kind of funny because I, I, I noticed that uh, the National didn't make uh, this list. But, you know, like, I feel like the National is like it is like the boomer music for the Gen X crowd. Yeah, it's 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 like the. Man, they're like, uh, 
I enjoy the National, but they're they're definitely they're one of the bands I listen to. Where I show them to my dad, and he's like, "Yeah, I like this. This is really cool. What's this band called?" <laughs> the best boring uh, band. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, man, they, they've they've got some cool stuff though. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I'm all, so tired. Yeah, me too. <laughs> let's, let's get the heck out of here. Yeah. All all of their best stuff is back in the two thousands. Yeah. So uh, here's here here's one of those for you uh, off of their album, The Boxer. And uh, Reese and I bid you all adieu. This has been Sounds Welcome here on Studio U.